0: Hello and good day, beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this beautiful planet, you are doing fantastic, and I'm sending you all of my love well wishes, good vibes, positive, intense prayers, your way to you, your family, and friends. Wishing you all the best. We've got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We are talking about the limits of consciousness with Dr. Pasupuletti and Dr. Nisha Manick. This is a phenomenal show. Um, we I did a podcast with Dr. Um, Nisha Manick as well as Dr. Pasupuleti um, individually, and I thought that it would be amazing to have them come on together. So they did. And it did not disappoint. So we talk about what is consciousness, the 100 names of the uh, Bharat Mata. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. uh, The power of your name, discernment. uh, We talk about St. Paul's Cathedral and the spectrum of consciousness. uh, The Nadis, absolute knowledge, city, powers. Uh, Moving into Homo Universalis, Scientism and the Unknowable. We talk a little bit about the scriptures, the New Age, um, spirituality, consciousness, and so much more. We talk about scientific studies and all kinds of things. So this is an absolutely phenomenal episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. So if you do, please share it as far and as wide as you can. Leave a review on iTunes. Uh, Go to MattBelair.com if you want to. Uh, become a member all the episodes are backed up there's some exclusive content and you can uh, become a member for free or if you want to chip in by donation because they've deleted patreon that would be phenomenal um, but most importantly consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today for those of you guys who want to do a deeper dive you want to work on me one-on-one with uh, mindset getting clear in your life purpose overcoming limitations limiting beliefs using peak performance tools mindset and all those types of things to design your life from a conscious perspective from who you truly are and you want the support the tools and the community to do so reach out to me mattbelaircom forward slash coaching i'd be happy to hear from you there's a variety of ways that we could work together and you'd also um maybe access the soul compass course which is available to everybody or the quantum heart hypnosis so there are a lot of tools for you guys out there if you want to work one-on-one with me just send me an email matt and i'd love to hear from you so that's it guys um make sure to follow me on telegram because everywhere is getting deleted my instagram just got hacked sadly after like two or three days of these people trying. Um, So it is intense out there still with the censorship, but I feel very optimistic. We've got the big truckers thing going on in Canada. They estimate 50,000 trucks, which is absolutely insane. And so um, I'm very positive looking forward. And this show, uh, we do a deep dive into consciousness and how we can respond to what we might be experiencing in our life as far as challenges go or anything of that sort. So um, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into this episode. Wherever you are, just take in a deep breath in through your nose, hold that breath, and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, courage, faith, and get ready to enjoy this absolutely phenomenal episode with Dr. Pasu Paletti and Dr. Nisha Manik. Hello, and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today, we have two incredible guests for you. Our first guest, Dr. Nisha Manik, is a medical doctor by profession. She is a rheumatologist and an alum of Stanford University and Mayo Clinic. She is the author of the best-selling book, Bridging Science and Spirit, The Genius of William A. Tiller's Physics and the Promise of Information Medicine. And she also really, really loves spirituality and science. Our second guest, Dr. Devakananda Passupoletti is a neurologist and professor of medicine at Michigan State University and Central Michigan University. He wrote four books and published articles in neurology, medicine, and other issues on different platforms. Teaching and bridging awareness about absolute reality is his lifelong mission and goal Welcome to the show, Dr. P and Dr. Manick Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Thank,
0: Thank you, Matt. Matt. I'm so excited to have you guys uh, here um, together. We did individual shows and I invite the listeners now to go check out uh, both of those shows. They're really phenomenal. And I like it when, you know, I have these powerful shows where I learn a lot and I feel good and I'm exploring the limits of consciousness and life and spirituality and what it means to be human. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I feel like these guys would have a wonderful conversation. So um, we were having a nice chat before we started. And maybe we want to just give the audience a little bit of, of your background uh, we'll start with you, uh, Dr. Manick, and uh, you know, a little bit of your background and, and what you're up to and your, your amazing book that I loved reading. It's a, it's a powerful book. And uh, yeah, then we'll, we'll just see where it takes us.
2: <laughs> well, thank you, Matt. It's just a pleasure to be with you again. You know, And Dr. P., I admire you. I've looked at your oh, website you. and I can see a tremendous mind, but more important, a tremendous heart. And you know, I think uh, we find ourselves um, at a very interesting point in history where mankind is about one thing, and that is finding out the truth. Finding out truth, what gives you meaning? Why are we even here? And for me, um, I came uh, from Kenya. I was born and raised in, in uh, Africa. And for me, the, the road to really understanding ourselves with science. And I chose medicine because medicine is all about this the bodysuit, the body, you know, the mind. And I thought you could get the answers there. I quickly discovered it's very limited. Science can get us so far and then it starts to break down. Okay. It has ideas that are worthwhile testing, but it is limited by instruments and measurements. And when we talk about consciousness, then we really are looking at something we can't grab with our arms. And consciousness is not definable. It does not have form or material form, but it expresses itself through materials, okay? This is how I communicate with you. This is how we talk to each other. So the, 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 the whole question of truth then bridges into consciousness. And in medicine, I found that such a big gap. I was doing all this excellent medicine at Mayo Clinic, but I knew there was this whole other story, beautiful story of who this person really is. They're not rheumatoid arthritis. This rheumatoid arthritis patient is incorrect. This patient who happens to have rheumatoid begins to open the door to who is this person and what's their story? And so I left the Mayo Clinic because I wanted to open up my bag of tricks, you might say. That was really my whole motivation, but I discovered a whole new universe and science is and can be a way to self-knowledge. Science is a way to self-knowledge. I mean, just imagine that. It's how you ask the question, and how you give meaning to those numbers, how you conduct those experiments. And that's where Bridging Science and Spirit came about. And it's really looking at the experience of one physicist, William Tiller, who did extraordinary work on himself and tested himself and his consciousness and its ability to change materials. So the bottom line here is consciousness, your intention is incredibly powerful and it's incredibly powerful if you join with divinity however divinity you define it as can be any tradition so we're incredibly powerful beings we haven't quite touched the surface and we have to leave our limitations and fears behind that's what i want to leave behind and that's my message here that's
0: wonderful. <laughs> beautiful go ahead dr p <clears throat> well,
1: uh, I am from India and I grew up in India for 25 years and then I came to United States 45 years ago. And, and uh, I became a neurologist, brain specialist and I have seen it all um, from migraine to stroke to seizures to everything. But mostly I worked as a chief in uh, a trauma center. so I happened to see and thousands of patients who had altered level of consciousness. We are talking about uh, science point of your consciousness, not the spiritual point. So you try to understand the scientific uh, standpoint. What is consciousness? And then I have seen anywhere from youngsters, 18-year-old from gunshot to elderly people with cardiac arrest and massive bleeds in the brain going into coma and all those things. I have seen hundreds of thousands. Some, unfortunately, I had to declare brain dead, not the whole body function dead, but just the brain. And just the brain being dead, we have to discontinue the ventilator, the family's And uh, that is one way of uh, looking at the scientific way of looking at the consciousness. Then, of course, uh, I'm also a teacher neurology and as well as a little bit of bedside manners and how to respect a human being, not just as a patient, as a DMV number. Who is next? It's actually every patient is important. You have to treat them like a human being as a number. So as a teacher, you know, not only teaching the bedside manner, how to respect a fellow human being. I also emphasized on the Easiest way of understanding what is consciousness, from scientific point of view. Like everybody else knows, like is the patient awake and alert. That is the definition of scientific definition of consciousness. It means the ability to uh, have the awareness of you being who you are, and also the surroundings. That is actually the people. consciousness in layman term. We say awake and alert. And then the other extreme is the deep coma and also the brain death. In between, there are different levels of uh, level of consciousness, right? But Matt, I don't think uh, that's what the discussion here is the spiritual side of the consciousness, not the neurology standpoint, uh, teaching the students. So that is what really working with them and also some background as a, uh, as a child growing up in India, majority of them are Hindus. They have Sanatana, they ancient and way of life. I actually don't call it way of life because everybody has a way of life, whatever way they they have, that's a way of life. But the old uh, seers who had the divine vision to see what the human needs are to be a human being, those are the ones. So they are ingrained in me and so being a neurologist and knowing the consciousness from scientific point of view, I explore the spirituality of it. And as you know, several uh, Maharthis are, uh, you know, the enlightened ones in any religion. They describe the spiritual consciousness at seven levels. But we can go into that later on as we talk uh, further. So that's the reason why I wrote four books, for the patients and for the public to see what exactly, how to be happy and content. And also last book is uh, about the India bringing the awareness of the rest of the world, the unique qualities India has that made it sustain for at least uh, 17,000 years. Uh, even the even if we should take recent History of India with all those onslaught invasions and all that stuff for a thousand years. Still, it bounced back and coming up again as well. All so, that's why I wrote the fourth book called uh, Tribute to the Motherland. And um, of course, uh, spirituality, I tell every patient, I give them a little bit of awareness about what is spiritual. Because uh, later on, remind me, Matt, we'll, we'll talk about Bill Gates, how he found out he's, that he's not the richest person on the planet. We'll go through that later on. So let's, uh, le- uh, let's have Dr. Martin.
0: <laughs> what?
2: Yeah, <Doctor>? thank you. <laughs>
0: Dr. P, your, your, your mic is cutting out a little bit. Maybe you want to try the computer. We can hear you, but it, we're, we're trying... To pay attention because what everything you're saying is so important. Did you say the history was seventy-five thousand years, seventy-five hundred years? Did you catch that? Seventeen, 17 to twenty thousand. Okay, the the audio is much better now. Seventeen to twenty. That's amazing. Yeah, and so yeah. you you talked about this on our show too, the the book, The yeah. 100, 108 Names of... Uh, you, you can pronounce that because I'll butcher it. What is it? A mantra, yeah, mantras. Uh,
1: 108 Names, basically what I did growing up in India for 25 to 26 years, basically mantra is a powerful sound vibration. Depending on how you pronounce it, you can actually improve your uh, inner spirituality. That is the idea of mantra. So all the gods and goddesses, as you know, in India, it's a famous quotation that we have 33 of deities, gods and goddesses. Uh, But that's a different story. But most of them have uh, 108 names. You know, basically, you are glorifying the god or deity. What I did is what I know of India. Growing up in India for uh, 25 years, I you know, wrote each Sanskrit mantra and explained one page of explanation why it should be called that way. Otherwise, somebody else can say he's a fanatic or he's a nut or something. But at least when they read that on my website, they realize why I'm calling each name, you know, uh, why it deserves to be called that way. That's what I did. That's called uh, a tribute to the motherland, basically to India with 108 names
0: of Sanskrit Mm. mantras. I love that. It's welcome.
2: quite wonderful. <laughs> you Bye, know, um, you, yeah, you, you, he's correct. Dr. P is so right. And by the way, um, Dr. P's first name is Devaki Nandan. It's just just beautiful. You know, when I when Matthew suggested Dr. Pasupuleti, and I saw Devaki Nandan and I remember reading it Devaki is um, queen. Queen Devaki and she is the mother of Lord Krishna. And the mythology goes that she had to give up her son because he was going to be killed by his uncle. And so she gave him up, but Devakinanda means the son, uh, Lord Krishna. So when I saw Dr. P's name, I was so like, wow. And you know, in some ways we do embody our names over time. They have roots in Latin and Sanskrit. There is great value to take care in how you name things. How, those labels are powerful, but we also know they're limited, but they are powerful in the way we relate to one another. And it's also wonderful what he said about mantras Om, Om, Amen. right? So those, even as I say it, the very vibration, it really resonates in the chest. Breath is our anchor. Here, you have a chaos in your mind. Well, how do we tell our patients, take a deep breath, breathe deeply, calm down, just take a few breaths. And it's, it's something I've noticed in medicine. And that is, it's a very traditional way at the bedside to put your stethoscope on their chest and to listen to their heart and to their breath. And I can't tell you how many times I can hear the heart, and I tell my patients, I can't hear your breath. Can you breathe deeply? And so there is, uh, we've forgotten how to breathe to use that enormous gift. And when you channel that breath into Om and mantras, it, it, you're giving it form. It's transformative. In the right intention, it can be truly transformative. And what a beautiful gift that we're coming up to Christmas. Go to any great cathedral and listen to the hymns, to the choirs and the organs. You know, I mean, wow. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I mean, wow, you know, that, that used to be my um, treat when I used to drive from Rochester, Minnesota. And I would wake up at 4 a.m. and get in the car because it's often icy. And I wanted to be the first in the parking lot in St. Paul Cathedral. They had the best choir and the best organ. And, you know, Matt, before we got on the show, you talked about certain architecture. Those stone, the work, the intention in carving, the stained glass windows, all of that, the intention is literally pouring out. It is timeless. You cannot put a timestamp on these things, but the voices that now are coming through in the choir and you're there in the pews, totally silent, you can be transformed. Something touches you of, of the holy season. It's as Dr. P said, it's universal themes. Yeah. Universal.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's so many things I'd love to touch on. So I'm going to say a few things and open up a bag of worms and let you guys <laughs> kind of go for it. Because, you know, Dr. B kind of uh, mentioned at the beginning, just like the simplicity of how we can help people, you know, feel peace. And you don't have a, you know, just a simplicity and peace, which is really important. And then some people, um, you know, think about, you know, spirituality and manifestation and limits of consciousness and what reality is and what God is. And I think that's a, a noble pursuit. Um, and then I think one of the themes you're also talking about is resonance, right? When we talk about, uh, you know, the words we speak, I think that word is the first thing that we can actually put into reality. You got all these thought forms going on, but when you speak it first form of reality, I can, I will, you know, and you start to say these things and speak them into reality. So when you're talking about, um, these mantras, if they're resonating in a certain way, and we know sound has a frequency, and we're talking about the buildings too, well, when you use cymatics, which is the visual representation mm-hmm. of sound, and you look at these old buildings, they're in there. How would they know that? How are they built with these cymatics to amplify this vibration and we know we have harmonic vibrations and we have ones that are not so harmonic and so i'd love for you guys to either speak on you know any of those topics of bringing peace but one of the things that i think of when i kind of discover you know i and i peel back history and sometimes you find things that are not so true and we want to pursue god and we want to pursue the truth and we want to pursue a good life and one of the fears i have is maybe saying a mantra i don't know and it doesn't mean what i think it means Right, Or maybe I'm being misled and, and I'll go through this rabbit hole and all of a sudden it's not, it wasn't as pure as I wanted and it, it can be a little bit challenging. So what would you guys suggest for that pursuit? Because from from my mind, I remember going to the Parliament of World Religions and seeing 220 different avenues or structures to kind of know and understand God, but they seem to all talk about the one and there's similarities, but I have this little bit of a fear of sometimes being misled. So I guess for a big question, how do you guys, you know, get into resonance where you feel it and then, have that pursuit where you have God within your life to kind of guide what you do and to navigate truth from fiction and in what's, we are in Maya, right? We're in this Mm. illusion where we, we, as you guys can tell me this, let me know if you think it's true, but I think humans don't know anything really because everything just seems to change. You think you know something and what I've kind of deduced it to is like, we know what we can do. So if I know I can make a sandwich, I can make a sandwich again. If I can you know fix the bathroom, I should be able to fix the bathroom again. But our memories, right they change and we distort them and we can't remember them properly and our future is not here. So we know what we can do, but we also know what we intend. And I feel like that's the most important thing. We honestly, truly know what we intend because we can. We might not know what the result is, but what we learn often changes, and what we think we know often changes. But we always know what we intend. So I'd love for you guys to comment on that.
2: Well, I, I hope it's okay if I go, Doctor P, um, because <laughs> in a sense, uh, you, you're you're talking to something I asked in medicine. I told you I. I went into science to understand truth and I quickly discovered that science has inherent limitations and when we come to the uh, question of consciousness material processes do not account for consciousness our brain things our brain is a beautiful complex instrument by which we have perceptions but is it the source of consciousness I think then we run into trouble. And people looked at quantum processes, uh, microtubular organs in the brain cells to try and understand that perhaps this is where consciousness emanates from. I think these are all theories. You cannot even go down to that level of the brain cell with what, Uh, you know, with our instruments, but coming back to consciousness. And I think you touched on discernment how do we know truth from crap? How do we know truth from crap? So I was faced with this in Mayo where I knew I needed to expand from chemistry. We were doing chemical medicine. It has come a long way, but it doesn't serve everybody. It doesn't, one size fits all is what we do generally. That we look at protocols and guidelines and algorithms. We have reference ranges, that's what I do. But it doesn't mean it's correct for everybody. And I was, there was this gap and I was constantly bothered by it. So in a way to um, tune into the gifts that the body already has which I couldn't see in medical school. I couldn't see acupuncture meridian energy channels running through. I could see muscles, veins, arteries, all that. But I wanted to know, how do you get into the energy channels of the body? Because once you know how to tune in and capture the energy fountain that's running all the material processes, you're a little step closer to healing, okay? And we don't teach our patients that. So that was the first thing. How do I get scientific backing of the subtle energy systems? Then we're getting a little closer. So now um, when I went to Tiller's work, I bumped into something that was quite extraordinary and which comes back to consciousness. When we talk about consciousness, you can't say the word consciousness and stop there. You have to look at the spectrum of human um, endeavors. We have consciousness of courage, we have consciousness of greed, we have consciousness of pride, (laughs) consciousness of apathy, right up to Krishna consciousness, bright light, okay, which is timeless. So we have all of these conditions inside of us. We are carrying... The whole, you might say, uh, human learning of consciousness on our backs. Every human emotion, every human feeling, every human spectrum of consciousness from the darkest absence of light to light itself, which is Christ and Krishna consciousness. They're all there. It's not the brain. It's not emanating from the, the brain is incredibly important. The pineal gland is incredibly important. And we can do certain exercises to pump our biceps. We pump our pineal and our brain. No question about it, Ohm does it. Going to St. Paul Cathedral and listening to the hymns does it. But once you know that there's a spectrum of consciousness, now you, you, you don't resist the greed and the apathy, you simply choose, you walk away from that, you don't give it strength, but now you can choose something different, I think master Jesus says, come my brother, choose once again, this is tremendous, what Jesus is saying, by the way, I get chills when I say that, okay, so Jesus has said, come my brother, choose again. He never resisted the evil side. He didn't resist Caesar. He didn't. He just said gifts unto Caesar what belongs to that, but the soul of man belongs to me, right? So like that, we have the capacity to choose along this spectrum. So we come back to that question of discernment. How do you then choose that which is light before being misled? And in bridging science and spirit, I give a tool. Because really, Jesus also says, by their fruits, you shall know them. But by the the time you know the fruits, it's too late sometimes, right? You've given your life savings to somebody and he's walked off with it. You thought you were giving it to uncle, whoever, to, you know, you've trusted them and discerned because by appearances, they look fine. So you can't know by appearances. How will you know? And this was tremendous because at Mayo, that was the same question before I walked away and chose Tiller. I chose a physicist because there is a tool and it's called kinesiology. How did I learn about this? Well, it's from David Hawkins and George Goodhart. They talk about, how muscle testing is not the muscle. It's not a local response. It is really your acupuncture system connecting and your acupuncture system is like a wormhole into the infinite, you might say data bank. And so I tested myself on this and it works. This was the fascinating thing. So Tiller's science is really one of the heart. His science is non-linear. It's not cause and effect. It's not linear. It doesn't work like that so when you're jumping to the realm of the heart to investigate discernment and consciousness you really have to look at the limitations of science you have to leave the brain behind even even though i'm using my brain to talk to you but i know that ultimately even that i have to leave behind to go into realms and to make sense of that does that make sense but Levels of consciousness and discernment will always come before us, and scripture uh, does give us tools. Yes,
0: I love I love all that, but I really love how you said leave the brain behind to myself and also a neurologist, which I, which I see him nodding his head. In, and, you I'm know, and, and I, I was
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm very <laughs> conscious about that, but I know Doctor P understands this.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So I'd, I'd love to hear. I just think it's so funny, but Doctor P, do you wanna you wanna chime in?
1: Yeah, remember I said before, like uh, there is a difference between being, you know, human being and being a human. All this medicine, everything is at your physical level. What you see, what you hear, using your five senses. So brain is like a, uh, you can say that he's the conductor, and he's letting all these instruments play whatever characteristics they have. They play those. But in real life, you need both. You can't have just the science or you can't just have spiritual. In other words, you can uh, make food, and sit in front of you and say I'm hungry, but you still have to get up and uh, uh, eat the food, put it in your mouth. Or if you don't put it in your mouth, even if somebody else peels the banana and put it in your mouth, you still have to chew and swallow. So there are two different, th- I mean, there are two things. They work simultaneously. You cannot leave one without the other. that is, but the whole problem with the world today, today means I'm talking about last, let us say last hundred years, we have tremendous technology, iPhones and you have the uh, iPads and you name it, like we three are talking remotely to each other, looking at each other's Expressions also. is all possible with technology, but you have to ask yourself: Is everyone happy? Remember, I told you I will uh, remind me Matt about Matt Gates, uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates was uh, before he became filthy rich, uh, the richest person on the planet. He was working like uh, anybody else, and he was in an airport, and a newspaper vendor was passing by. He wanted the newspaper so he asked for a newspaper and uh, he looked in his pocket he didn't have enough change he didn't have enough money to pay uh, the newspaper or enough change let us say and then he told the vendors hey you know what i don't have any change and you can take it. or you know if you come back i'll uh, browse through the headlines and i'll give back to you." and the vendor said no no sir please take it it's okay i already had my property So I'm giving it from my profit. It's not a loss to me. So he moved on. And again, it happened to him again, the same airport. Uh, Again, he has to travel. And uh, two, three, four months, six months later, he did the same thing. And the same vendor in the, you know, uh, airport. Same thing, situation. He didn't have change enough change. And then he said, you know, I'm not buying the newspaper this time. I don't have the change, so I know. So you can move on. He said, No, yes. sir. Have that, you know, it's on me. No, no, I can't take it. You, know you already gave me one. Sir. I didn't give, I didn't even pay you the money, and I don't want it again. I don't have change. He says, Sir, I insist you take it. So he did. And you know, you know that later he became the richest man for the last 20 years. He's the richest man on the planet. So again. It uh, he, he bothered him back of his mind. I didn't pay that guy and he gave me two newspapers and I am the richest man. So he was looking for him accidentally, again he found him. And he says, "You know, do you know who I am? He said, yeah, you are Bill Gates, richest man on the planet. No, 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 that's not what I'm asking. He said, yeah. And do you remember you gave me a newspaper for free? He said, yeah, I gave you two, two times. I want to do something for you and ask me anything, whatever your wish is, I'll do it. You know I'm the richest man. I can do anything for you. He said, thank you, sir, but I don't need anything. I'm fine. No, no, no. I have to do it. I'm the richest man. You know, you know that uh, when you didn't have money, I gave you my profit. The reason I did is because I enjoyed doing it. I do not want to take money from you or anything from this because the story I told you because when you know, new uh, Bill gets a lot of people ask him, How did you become rich, Babu? So, in one of the panels, one lady uh, asked him that question Is anybody richer than you? She was thinking maybe he's going to say God. Then he told this story and he said, A person with a kind heart is the richest man. Not the man, not the man. Why did I tell you that story? Because we talk about the body and uh, all these uh, what we call these fears, happiness, sadness. They are common to all the human beings, but we are different from the animal because there are eight point four million species of living beings. So the only the thing that makes us different from other human beings is that we have mind. Which, is, which has the ability to choose and work at will, right? And we also have this uh, unflinching trust for knowledge and knowing what is there. That's mm-hmm. what makes you different from you know, other beings. Uh, so it is nice, but the, all the problems in this world, even though we have the tremendous technology today, let me tell you that. Even if uh, you are a Christian or whatever religion you belong to, as you know, Abraham and he conceived. He had the baby at the end. he was 20 years old and Sarah was 20 years old. And you think that's just but it and Abraham was real, he was documented in the history. But what is our lifespan now? For a man, it is uh, 70 to 75, woman anywhere from 70 to 75. The outlive man. Suppose, from the beginning of time. So, are we forward or backward? Do you think we made advances, or we, you know, we were uh, actually worse off than people? I mean, before us, like people who live minimum hundred years. Ago. By the way, we are the shortest people on the planet now. Not uh, six foot four is not a tallest. People used to live taller than. You know, they used to be taller than. Why I said that is, you have to separate physics, I mean your physiology of the body. And the, the problem, the whole problem in the world is identifying yourself with the body thinking, I am. This body, this mind, the this senses, that's not the case. How do we know? You don't have to be a science, rocket scientist to know that. All you have to do is, you know, all of us do, including the BBC, we are awake, alert. that's what we call it, the alert consciousness, and then when you drift into sleep, you dream, you have a stage of dreaming, and you, your eyes are closed. Right? When you are dreaming, you know, if you close your eyes now, uh, Dr. Monica and Matt, everything is dark for you. Hey, Dr. K, you turned off the light. But when you are dreaming, your eyes are closed, then where is the light coming if all these explanations from your pineal body, the third eye, the reason why pineal body is said it is the uh, third eye is because we have two eyes through which we control the light and the darkness and the uh, you know, light through the eyes. Pineal body also has those cells that stimulate the retina. That's why it is. Part of the As of that, it, it knows how much melatonin it has to separate. That's the only function it has. Secreting the melatonin, and uh, as you know, Dr. Manika also knows that pineal gland. I think, Matt, I told you last time. If so you touched this on uh, with me, and I I brushed it off a little lightly because that is the case. What it is is basically it degenerates as you grow older, just like getting gray hair. You may dye your hair, but still, it is gray underneath the roots. Same way, pineal gland also I mean, degenerates means. And after a while, that you know, its function is less, less, less. Just like when we get old, we get glasses, hearing aids, right? What not? a cane, and all that stuff. And also, old people, elderly people cannot sleep like babies do, or young people do, or uh, youth do, or uh, middle aged people do. You can, you know, you hardly can sleep, uh, you know, six hours. And then you say, Oh, I had a date. you know, good night. Because melatonin is not going down, that's why there are supplements on the, you know, uh, melatonin supplements people buy to go to mm-hmm. sleep. That is the role of melatonin as a third. Mm-hmm. Understand? So even if you connect all these the body things, and as a neurologist, I can tell you, brain is a organ, like any other organ. It does its uh, function, but the problem is it is the you know, we call it master conductor. But at the same time, you realize when the brain is dead, heart can be functioning, kidneys can be functioning, and all that. But still, we pull the plug. On the other hand, at the same time, when the pump, uh, the pump is uh, stopped pumping the heart, rate, you know, massive heart, rate rate, patient dies. We declare dead. Also, even though brain still can show some uh, ultra, you know, electrical activity. Until the, you know, of course, this is the first one to react to lack of blood within 15 minutes. But so, as you know, that is how Rishis, means the ancient, these figured out thousands of years ago. That's the reason why they went to deep forests and did the meditation. Because every time they go and, oh, the brain is the important thing. Oh, the uh, heart is the important thing. But then they figured out, they all function together, but they are not the one running the body. It's called a spiritual spark. And Dr. Ramani touched on the uh, energy channels and the Rishi said there are 70,000 energy channels called NADIS, N-A-D-I-F, NADIS. In other words, if you want to lift your pinky finger, it takes fraction of a second, one, uh, one uh, energy channel from the brain comes to the tip of the finger and it moves. And then we say motor activity, this uh, ascending thing, descending thing, sensory goes up, motor comes down, all this, yeah, that's all you know to the naked eye. Even how much you really trust your eye, you know, we use glasses, nearsighted, sighted. You can't even uh, see something in front of you without glasses at certain age, correct? So how much you, you, you really, I mean, you trust your senses, why there are two kinds of witnesses for a murder one says you know he didn't do it the other guy says he did there may be some motive, person more that's a different story but how the brain interprets what we see you know that's why these abstract paints go to the museum and everybody puts like a thinker and say oh this is, looks like this and Matt says no 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 it looks like Zen and this and that. So, uh, it, so it's a actually it's like a card like a body is like a heart. you need two, two to make that go on the road. One is your uh, physical and all that. Why, because there is no spiritual knowledge in the world. That is the reason why you have, why there should be hunger, tell me, I think we touched this mat last time, in New York City alone, per year, how many billions of food is wasted in the trash can, pizza and all that stuff. Mm. And even here, every day, every night, one child goes to bed hungry, one out of five, but supposed to be richest country on the planet. Mm. My point is that, yes, you have all these things without that knowledge about yourself, what we call self-knowledge, you can never, ever, ever Make peace on the earth. Hmm. All the things we talk about, like meditation or home or uh, listening to the choir and uh, Christmas uh, things during Christmas time, all they do is make you feel happy for a short amount of time, like eating a steak or uh, me uh, some uh, dal and uh, I mean rice or something. So uh, until it digests you are happy then what on the other hand if you know if you, if you know the what we call absolute reality true knowledge about yourself if everybody knows that or everybody understands that then you don't need all these programs and you don't need all these wars and terror i i think that's
2: it's wonderful dr p and I think you, you bring this point of you cannot see it out there until you see it within yourself. You Everything out there is a reflection, a mirror of your own level of being, consciousness, right? We're coming back to that theme. So you cannot see it out there until you see it within yourself. And I think you also bring this other very profound teaching, and that is Advaita. Advaita Vedanta, Vedanta ant, ved, means Ved, the, the teacher, Rishi. Anta end. <laughs> when you reach that vinaka, you stop speaking about it. Silence. Advaita, non-duality. The pizza and everything we see out there was a creation of man's limited thinking. And that's what we call separation. Me versus them, me versus pizza, me versus resources. There's great abundance if we knew that we do not need to hoard it or uh, our bank balances are not everything. My degrees mean nothing in the great scheme of things. Because in the great field, because consciousness is not a form, it's a great field of love. It's where you are in that field. We come back to that levels of consciousness. What are you choosing? And so we really need to let go of the sense of separation and the sense, as I'm going to use this word, ego self. Yeah, it it comes in. It'll it'll assert itself. And it's so fast. That's where meditation and contemplation come in because now you have a chance to slow it down just a tad, so you can choose once again, so that the ego self is not asserting itself. It's so one ten thousand of a second fast. You have no chance. There's no gap. It's, it's done already. You know people say, um, "Don't speak it." Well, you already thought it. Thoughts are things. So, uh, Yogananda says it. You know his says to Swami Yogananda, "You already thought it. It's already happened." So I think we have great uh, deal of um, work. We're still in kindergarten in spirituality. Kindergarten, really. And Dr. Tiller used to tell me that we're in kindergarten and science is a way to self-knowledge so far as the science is there to serve humankind. Not for uh, NIH grants, not to make money. He never made money, Dr. Tiller. People used to say, my God, here." He he has been a founder of so many societies, it blows my mind. Noetic, ions, heart math, behind all of those was Tiller's math and his physics know-how. But he said, these are gifts that human beings have. You don't need to sell them anything. You need to awaken their consciousness and teach them, because once they know, they will heal themselves. They don't need all of these chemicals. And it made sense to me. And I know it makes sense to both of us, but we play our role because that's where we can bridge those gaps and make patients aware, right? When my patients say, Dr. Manick, I'll do anything to get better. And I say, anything? Do you really mean anything? I repeat it because it's important to hear them. And what, what have they tried? What do they mean? Anything? Because you have to you have to respect the body. You're right. It takes both linear and non-linear. You have to pay attention to the body, clothe it, feed it. We're in a, you know, in a nice, nice environment. We give it vitamins, we brush our teeth, wear a seatbelt. Scientific, right? It's all scientific living. And then you have to pay attention to the energetic systems to be aware this is not foolishness. This works. And then bring intention and then bring spirituality. All of those levels are truly important for um, an empowered way of healing and living. Sustainable. Let me put it this way. Sustainable and low cost. Since we're on this cost and you know all the constant... Uh, wailing about our bills and things. So coming back to um, what you just said was sense of separation. I think we have to pay attention to that and begin when we're asking, you know, um, in our day-to-day actions, is this for me? Am I writing to uh, raise awareness? I'm writing book number two. And all the time I ask myself, okay, Because my research awakens in me the power of what Tiller was actually doing. He was very saturated with divine. He he studied the Psalms every day. And here's a physicist who balanced both worlds exquisitely. So if you called him up with, I don't know what this equation means, he could tell you. And in the next moment, you're having a crisis in your life about some spiritual aspect, he would be able to help you. That was rare because I never saw that in other colleagues. So it's a rare being that balances both aspects. It's like Krishna. Krishna is telling Arjun, you have a battle, sir. You you call the battle. You're in it now. Don't drop your bow. Go out there and do your thing. (laughs) You cannot run away to the Himalayas because your mind is gonna follow you like a shadow. So Krishna is very clear. Do your actions but don't expect the fruits of your actions. Do it wholeheartedly and walk away. And that's what I learned from Tiller. Do your science, do it to the best of your abilities and break those boundaries because they don't mean anything. Ask new questions with a fresh eye and use the standard procedures that you know well and prove that your consciousness can do things and it will do things because you're an alchemist. Human beings are alchemists, you know, they're alchemical beings, sorry, let me, and they're capable of so much more, the Siddhi powers, I think we touched on before we we got on the call, Siddhi powers, clairvoyance, remote viewing, all of those things we're capable of doing, and they awaken when you really are serious about self-knowledge, they will awaken but that's not why we're here. We have to move in a momentum. As Jesus said, the kingdom of father, not some limited city powers, but really to um, to become that that source. And not even, you know, I, I make it sound like some goal. It's not a goal because you are that which you're seeking, you know, um, I, and I remember one question that that, uh, was posed to my teacher David Hawkins. And somebody said, "If love is the answer to all problems, how can I get more love? And Hawkins said very beautifully, "You can't get more love because love is the essence of that which you are. What you have to do is drop the limitations, your blocks, your beliefs, everything. you drop the veil and become that which you already are. You are the sun. You have got a cloud covering or the dust in the mirror is there, right? So like that, we have to reach into whether it's science, whether at the bedside to have that awareness of the greater context, not the content in front of us, a disease, a label, you know, all those limitations, but always to bust open a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And sometimes, boom, you know, they get it. They go, wow, that's awesome, doctor, I get it. And so there we are. It's the unlimited. We're all reaching for that in our various ways. Dr. Hawkins also said there's 10,000 pathways home, home to your own heart. You know, the power of heart over matter, not mind over matter, I always say that with tiller that is it's always it's not your head it's really your beliefs that inform your brain in a certain way so it's always heart over matter and what you believe deeply it will manifest you know your intentions are always playing out they're they're right here where our intentions show up five o'clock Pacific time and your 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're all here ready, right? Our intentions are in full view. Our consciousness is operating. So, um, and we radiate that. We don't have to put a mask on anyway. We're just literally ourselves. You're just having a conversation and it's kind of fun. So let's drop the duality, drop that sense of separation and to celebrate that we're homo sapiens on our way to homo spiritus we were homo erectus we started walking on two legs then we have our brain you know thinking man homo sapiens and we're homo spiritus we're heading that way and um my other teacher said homo universalis homo universalis brotherhood of man i never understood what she meant by that this is 2006 in Mount Abu Rajasthan, she said, in your lifetime, you're going to see that. And I think she's right. Because as I look around the world, and I see everybody locked down, sheltering, worried, I feel for them. I feel, I actually feel Canada, or if I look at a story out of England, anywhere, I feel a sense of Belonging, I know what they're feeling. It's very interesting. Like there's no, there's no wall. It used to be, oh, they're over there. I'm over here, I'm okay. I go to work, come home, I have my dinner. What's the problem? No, I think there is um, a kind of brotherhood that is really pulling at us within us to really see each other in a fresh new way. It's a human family. My mom once said a a few weeks ago, and I told her, she says, what's bothering you? I told her, I said, I really feel pain. I feel another's pain in a very different way. I feel them. And she said, well, it shouldn't bother you. They're over there, thousands of miles away. I said, that's wrong because we are a human family. We are really together in this. And whatever happens um, to somebody else, I do. I do take notice, and I pray for them. I pray for myself too, for our consciousness to stay steady, to have sanity and peace. And you know, on the subject of peace, I know Matt, you had said, "How do we bring peace?" I said, "I go to the cathedrals for Christmas services. For me, that is such a joy. I cannot tell you. Uh, it really fills me up to just wake up at 4 a.m. and drive that road." On the 52 highway to the Twin Cities, but I'm in California. But one thing that gives me peace now, and uh, this is this is the the biggest thing. And I, I just just listen up. And I'm glad you got this live, Matt, because this is the biggest clue I'm going to drop for peace. Are you ready? Switch off the television that's it, <laughs> we can chant on, we can go to the cathedrals, switch off the television, I did that last year, honestly, I don't miss a thing, it's all good, so if you want peace, do that one action, and then breathe, do all the other tools, but switch off these other noise, it will help greatly,
0: well, wow. Well, you know, I, I totally agree in all social media as well. It's just gone completely nuts. Um, you guys yeah. both brought up so many points. And so I'm going to kind of share some of the ideas that I have and throw it back to you guys to continue with they, because I think it's all incredibly important. Um, you know, I think one of the themes we're talking about is going beyond money and materialism. So in the Bible, it says you can't worship two masters. You can't worship mammon and God or the divine. Right, so this is where people might go into that materialism, and there's this great, great um, yogic um, photo of a person like going up the ascending ladder, and one of it is like the materialism, right, of like the lust and the greed and all this different thing to to move to something higher. It's like here is a, a thirty thousand dollars, and what you're doing it, it's not that great for people. But you're going to make a lot of money, right? Or what you're doing, like, it might not be helping people so much, but you're getting so much benefit. And what you guys are kind of talking about, another theme is, you know, doing what you love and being who you are and doing the work like Tiller did and and what you guys are doing without expectation right? It's like, I'm going to get enough from spirit. I'm going to be provided for. And I think that's a a totally different way to navigate life. And it's one of the main things that I talk about and teach, especially when I do coaching is like, look, you can, we need to live in the material world. Um, But when you focus wholeheartedly on who you are, um, what you came here to do, what your gifts are for for, uh, being in contribution to your community, the universe is going to provide for you. And maybe you get a job. I'll do a job as a peer later driver, but this is still my number one thing moving mm-hmm. there. And eventually you'll be aligned with that and that'll be fully what you're doing. Right. But mm-hmm. whatever you're receiving, that's what you're, you know, I got to pay the bill. So it's what I'm going to do, but this is fully where I'm going. It's a two different ways to navigate life because if you put mammon first materialism, it will never be enough to fully commit to being truly who you are
2: because mm-hmm. you'll need
0: another thing and another thing and another thing. Um, so this kind of goes into some of the other things I'm thinking about you guys touched on, you know, we're talking about suffering and Dr. P brought that up a little bit about some of the kids going hungry. And I remember being a young boy and looking on TV and and people were starving to death. And I thought, this doesn't make any sense. You know, And then I learned about war and stuff. And I was like, wait, you're telling me that I'm supposed to if I have a conflict not to beat up this other kid because I'm been martial arts and stuff, right? But we're talking about the adults mass murdering people. And now I find out that 9 million kids die of starvation each year. What the flying hell is going on here? So then I went deeper and I don't think you guys have gone down rabbit holes that I have of just these structures that don't serve mankind. And they are structured that way on purpose because they're putting mammon first and they have a different view of the world. So they're okay with, you know, it might not be the most ethical thing that they're doing, but they're receiving in a big way. And that's what they're, um, you know, how they're operating. And so I I wonder, you know, like some big questions is like, how do I put a stop to that? How do I make peace with this bigger suffering that I see in the world? Um, Mm -hmm. What can I do about it? You know, I've worked on things like human trafficking and, and some horrible stuff that I'm like, well, if I'm not aware of it, how do I stop it? But it's so big that I can't stop it. So I kind of have to give it to the creator. Um, And so like, what's the point of this life? You know, I want to, I want to like, well, why am I here to like Nisha kind of said, right? You see this suffering, right? And being in Canada, I can tell you some pretty crazy stuff is going on. And then I'll see people who are experiencing a bit more freedom, a bit more openness, right? This ability to expand, right? Uh, In the United States, the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That statement has never been so powerful. And I've always been curious when I traveled the world, I was in Cambodia. It was only in 1990 where people were putting their brothers and sisters on trees and chopping their heads off. It's a pretty dark thing. So, and on mass, right. And I'm thinking, how did this happen? How on earth did this happen? And so I, I seek the spiritual answer, you know, creator, the unknowable, what the fuck? you know, sorry, <laughs> forgive my, question, but like, how do I make peace with this? Right. How do I, navigate that. I'm just, you know, so that's kind of like the darker side that, you know, when I'm observing this challenge, I don't want it to weigh me down. And I don't want to just focus that on because I look at the social Mm and these everyone's is suffering. And I think they have their own battles and the only thing, but, you know, it's also, I got to be aware of it. So how do I be a part of that solution and navigate that kind of inner turmoil that I have while I'm seeking the divine, you know, my own spiritual path that we're talking about the yogis who, you know, are on these other channels. Maybe I just switched to that other channel. But then I think about the analogy where you weren't meant to just meditate on the mountain. And in um, the Bhagavad Gita, which I went read front to back, and when I did, I, was like, I felt like my spiritual game was like, all right, like I have some knowledge, because that book was a tough read. I remember reading a page and like, I got to reread that page. What the hell did I just read? <laughs> <laughs> so just reread the whole page again. But I was understanding the message. And one thing that really stuck to me was um, he said, uh, Arjuna... Um, you know you, most people think that violence is when you physically harm someone but when people live in the realm of illusion and you do not offer them the truth you are causing harm and yes. from my studies and what i've looked at there is an abundance of that going on and i've always you know kind of been curious about how do i navigate that right and 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 you know pursue that and we're, we're seeing that on mass right now so for me Personally, I find it a very challenging time to be in and especially what I'm experiencing here. And so I'm trying to find the spiritual way to not be on the channel of fear and uh, holy crap, this is still going on and it's not, it's not trending positively. Uh, and uh, how do I be helpful? So that's kind of like my rant. And I'd love to hear, I uh, will go with Dr. P first and then, and Nisha, or unless, you know, how do you guys navigate that whole bag of crap I just threw at you?
1: <laughs> oh. But remember, you know, uh, it's nice to have these TV shows and podcasts and all that. And this is 2021, 20, is almost ending. We are ending the new year. And you tell me, the, we just had a shooting, a 15 year old kid shot three dead and six wounded in our Michigan.
2: Right.
1: You guys know. Right. And then you have both sides funded, so called political crooks. They come on both sides and they rationalize not to have guns and have, to, you know, guns along. So if you look at from the, you know, last century, I told you, even if you have taken an why there is no improvement in mental state or happiness, or happiness? Because the way I look at it is this. How about, that? you're okay?
0: That's better. Yeah, you're a little bit okay. low and spotty because I really want to hear what you're saying. No, no, I, I that's not.
1: So basically, uh, what I was trying to tell you, so we've lost 100 years, even though you have taken the advancement. But if you analyze, if you look, with common sense. Nothing has changed, actually gotten worse. So you have to understand certain things which never change never will change in the future also. One is that science is good for me, material comforts for you. Science, you need science for material comforts to survive in this world. From your data birth to data, you, have, you need science, no doubt about it. But science does not provide the meaning of life. Without analyzing or without thinking at least once in a while, what is the meaning of life? I, you know, I compare humans with, they are no different than animals. Because I told you in the beginning, God bless you, or if there's no God, at least humans are blessed with two things, the ability to choose and the inquisitiveness. Animals don't have, they act with the instinct. So you tell me 90% of people are behaving like animals. I call it animal vision. i just give you an example because we can talk like this mumbo jumbo for 10 hours, nothing is going to change. But let me give you an example. Take a street dog. A street dog, if you see say, another dog, same kind or whatever it is, I think it is a friend or a man with a you know a food in his hand or a cow then what do they do they feel friendly and they come near that dog whatever on the other hand if it sees a different kind of dog beggar dog or different kind immediately it feels like you know it's his enemy even though it's a dog. On the other hand it's a female dog it doesn't matter what kind it is, it's a dog and it is good for pleasure, so it tries to wiggle its tail. On the other hand, if it sees a different kind of uh, speech, all altogether like a rabbit or something like that. Immediately, it's, oh my God, this is a food, so it goes up. It sees the same kind of people, just like the same you know same dog. So it feels like um, I belong to this group. And it feels happy and energetic and all. Or even if that group is like a bully type of group, it joins the group, bullying other dog or barking at other humans. So if you look at the dog, tell me how it is different from how we are different from the dog. You think you are white, I think I am Indian, she thinks she is different. You understand? I am Christian, I am Muslim, I am Hindu, I am Buddhism, I am Jainism. All these because you are identifying yourself with this body. Body sense means everything. I, I, you know, you know, the old uh, psychology, uh, psychology. I think therefore I am. That's bunch of nonsense. Because mm-hmm. looking at yourself, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Look, looking at yourself. Oh, I am white. I am short. I am man. I am girl. I am this. I am that. I am Christian. I am Muslim. Already you are segregating yourself with billions of other people. How do you find peace in the world? If you put that aside and look at the common, what is the commonality? We are all human, humans, human beings, correct? If you look at that and take off the body, know This is how I say. If I ask you what is your name, you say I am Matt, or she says I am Dr. Khan. That capital I uppercase I is common for all of us. Oh, I am Dr. These are all, the capital I is same for all of us, but the tiny and the lowercase I, that is what causing all the problems. I am this, I am enlightened, I am rich, I am this, I am tall, I am white, I am black, and this. This is that small I. That is where the brain and the mind so there, you know, in one of the Upanishads it's beautifully said in Sanskrit sense that mind, your own mind which operates as intellect, it operates as ego, it operates as memories. The memories are the your uh, problem. Your pulpit is your memories. You never think of, even if you go to Hawaii, uh, you show pictures to everybody at your work, that's it, your happiness is. All you took those pictures to show it to other people that you went to Hawaii. Mm. That's gone. You understand the memory. All the time you are always, always, always. You are actually engulfed by the bad, sad memories. Never think of good things happening. So the open says, I'll translate it to English. Mind is your friend. Mind is your enemy. Okay, so what do you need? You need purity of the mind, clarity of the knowledge. Purity of the mind comes with any religion, whatever you practice. As long as you practice that not to hurt other people, not to go to mass murders, not to show, you know, occupy other country or other land, other people's property. As long as you follow whatever I do, as long as you Whatever you practice, meditation, yoga. Yoga, all people know in Western countries, all they know is stretching one leg and one stretching one hand and on a mat is not yoga. There are strong yoga means there are eight of them. That asanas, the pastures is only one. That too, Patanjali described 84 of them. In every street corner I see uh, a yoga studio. How many you think they teach, 84? No. People can't even sit and put lotus. Of- They don't, they cannot even cross their legs to have a lot of position. So all these disciplines, you talk about anything in the world, including yourself, anything. Can I, like in the beginning, you said anything, anything is here, anything you practice, it doesn't matter. As long as it purifies your mind. That is the The Bhagavad Gita you are mentioning about, uh, Lord Sri Krishna. You know, famous scientists like Oppenheimer, Einstein, everybody. Even Einstein Einstein said that religion without uh, science is lame. Science without religion is blind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Einstein said. So a lot of famous scientists, like including Oppenheimer, who did the nuclear bomb. Uh, no, or, or, you know. Nagasaki. Even he studied Bhagavad Gita one verse every day. You said, remember tough you cannot just read once uh, one time and say, oh, okay, no, the reason why you practice every day, whatever you like, doesn't have to be the Quran, I You have to do it religiously every day because you know, you say I ate a big meal and I don't have to eat for next one month. You don't say that, do you? Again, you ask your wife, what is for dinner? What are you making, for right? Same way to have that purity of the mind this practice is rest of your life, number one. Number two, you need clarity of the knowledge. Not by this guru or this sannyasi or that swami or this guy, that guy. If you look at it, they all have big bank accounts and they live lavishly. You are the idiot sending the money to them. You know, old senior citizens, they send all their savings. Because some evangelist is saying that, you know, I'll send you to heaven. You don't even know whether he goes to hell or not. So clarity of the knowledge is very important. Purity of the mind, clarity of the knowledge. If these two, like Bhagavad Gita said, no matter what you are, you are a toilet cleaner, you are a doctor, actor, whatever you are a host, do your duty. So you have to know the definition of duty, it means whatever you you know you belong to or whatever it is. Duty means do everything anything authentically, purely. So if you do these three, yes, there will be world peace, but it will never happen. I'm not being pessimistic. That is the human nature. Human nature is, you can have a desire, but greed, look at politicians, look at lawyers, look at religious leaders, look at insurance and drug companies. Tell me who has desire. They all have infinite greed. The second thing is selfishness. Remember that small I I talked about, I, I, I. Me, myself, and I. So if you say, hi, what is in it for me? So without that, you don't do anything. You always ask what is your own. Every family now became like, what is in it for me if I do this, right? So these are the three things You can talk about programs. You can talk about um, anything you want. If you don't have these three, why? Because you have to have self knowledge. It means you have to know who you are. The moment you know and your connection, you know, you are, let let us say this. If I give you a white paper and uh, I put a dot and say, where is this dot? It's in the white paper, correct? Same thing. If you look at the universe, Earth is a dot. And what about the humans? We are not even like a one grain of uh, sand on the beach. We are not even. Earth is not like that in that vast universe. Right? If that is that, what does that is called big picture, like Dr. Manik said. Uh, universal one, one non duality what it is is basically you don't have to become power a yogi or guru or maharishi
2: It's
1: simply knowledge. God gave you brain God gave you thinking power God gave you uh, reasonable intellect right so if you the if you always look at the big picture means in the universe earth is a dot who the heck am I? So if you have that kind of picture, it makes you humble. Then how do you hurt other person, or how do you kill another person, or how do you attack another country, or why do you make other people hungry when you are throwing away the millions of uh, pounds of uh, tons of food in uh, New York City? Just that's an example. Uh, there is no reason to be humble, nobody, because God gave you everything, even the rare stones you put a value. Why should there be inflation? Don't give me economics. That's all bunch of nonsense. No, really, it is nonsense. All these things come from what? Greed. Really. Every do you? That's the reason why I put politicians number one books on my on my list since I was in high school. Because show me one politician who is poor, who he went poor and came out poor. Number two, if one there is one lawyer in the town or city. Or, he starves to death. If there are two lawyers, they prosper. And show me number three, the name of religion, show me uh, when they didn't do mass killings and uh, these are all idiotic thinking and it's called ignorance. Like Dr. Manik said, the way of. You know, or close your eyes, you can't see anything. Open your eyes, you see everything. Number four, industries, they buy from China, India, Afghanistan, Mexico, Pakistan, and everywhere. For $1 cancer drug and they sell it for $3,000. My MS drugs cost $30,000 per month. And patient doesn't give, give a hoot because they're on Medicare or Medicaid. So you and I, the taxpayers, are paying for that. And they put one guy for the AIDS, the guy see you, the drug, young fellow, they put him in jail. Remember, he got so $1, he charged $50,000 for drugs, if you remember. So the insurance company, same thing. It is the fear, 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 fear. One guy gets benefit out of millions of people. One young fellow may die with heart attack. All of us pay because what if we have heart? Attack? That what if they are making billions? So these are the list of crooks on my age. That's only a short list. Mm-hmm. Important.
2: <laughs> you know, I, 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 will I, let I
1: just. Yeah.
2: You know, I do. I, you, you're so right in those. The three main things to start. To know thyself, to know yourself. It is why we're here. It gives us meaning. It's, it's an important aspect you've touched on. And just looking back on my life, I'm, and it's it's a little bit of a caution too. A lot of folks get into the new age circus and you caution, go, don't go sannyasi guru. You know, I'll tell you the secrets of the universe in this weekend workshop. I'll raise your kundalini, right? You see yeah, those those, are, those are the names of all my workshops. <laughs> 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 so, so this is it. A lot of folks go into tarot cards. Uh, let, let me go into the vortex and do this and that. I think it's a period of exploration. It will come because I've done those. And I think uh, when, when my patients want to explore, Dr. Manic, this sounds wonderful. I'm ready. I want to blah, blah, blah. I've done this workshop, yoga, fasting. All of this comes up. It comes up as the way to, you might call it happiness, ultimately, right? We want to go there or reach home. And I'll tell you, the new age circus is you can get caught in it. So be aware. So I'm putting that out as a bit of caution, a lot of money to be made in weekend workshops and suddenly your kundalini will rise and you'll be pineal gland will be glowing. Stop that. Okay, that's one thing. And I want to just mention another one. Um, Matt, you you said that there is so much darkness. And, And when we first talked, you mentioned about this and I said, You don't need to go there, leave it for the teachers who can handle it. Unfortunately, I can't ignore it just like you couldn't ignore it. And it's there because I think there's so much connection with what Dr. P is also saying politicians, the agendas and they're connected in political ways to create shortages that create starvation that then you can monetize their creations and their separate, their separation, that's ego. Non, non-duality doesn't create those things, right? And so when Krishna talks to Arjuna about you are you're thinking separate, that you're gonna kill your cousin, let me tell you, my friend, that in the great scheme of things, Reality cannot be destroyed. Life cannot be destroyed. It's great comfort to know that, by the way. So even though we're in this limited universe growing in kindergarten right now, but we are growing, what brings me a little bit of solace, you might say, because I told you, I told my mom, I feel great stress to see the great destruction of societies around the world, based on a virus that I cannot see, I don't know if this is the right way to handle lockdowns and vaccinations, and, but that's what we're doing, that I feel the pain, then how do you find the balance? And I think there is a little answer that in the great scheme of things, you cannot destroy life. That's indestructible. But you can choose different things. You can choose the point at which you're going to land at. Either you can be in fear and retreat each time, or you simply ask questions and find out as much as you can with research. Is this really true? And figure out, is this politician really right? Do children need to starve, Matthew? Because you're asking those questions. And you, we don't have the answers because of the very system. It was created by man's intellect. It was created by separation and limitations. And they were created for a reason. We have to just understand that and then we can choose differently. That's why we're here together to, to really investigate. We're investigating, some really tough things right now. I'm not pretending to have an answer, but I know, Matthew, you and I have brushed now. Now, At first I said, don't go down that rabbit hole. I remember telling you that, <laughs> leave that alone. But now it's, it's in my face too. I go, wow, this is Matthew. You know, I, re- I think of you often because you talked about it. And I said, oh, don't go there. But now I see it and I go, wow, it is, it is really, it is part of the fabric. That was created as separation. This is ego. I choose differently, but it is there. I'm not going to give it strength by resisting it, but I don't give it power. And that's where you have to choose your actions very carefully. And for me, I choose that every single day. As a doctor, as a human being, as a truth seeker. Um, And I go to the Gita. By the way, a really good translation is Stephen Mitchell's. Stephen Mitchell is a very good writer and uh, he's translated, I think a very beautiful uh, version of the Gita. And I calibrate the truth because when you dilute something or choose a word it can really dampen the meaning to make it dumb down. Don't dumb anything down. We are intelligent. We have to grow beyond this kindergarten crawling around stage. We have to now make a run for it. We are called to awaken. Enough. Science science has made us weak and really um, lazy, right? Science will solve my problem. No, it doesn't do that. It gives us conveniences, but we have to wise up and waken our own self because unless you're really awake and have the science then you can make something really truly innovative that benefits mankind that's what tiller did he was tremendous mathematician and used his science and said how can i bust open the gates to really innovate something new new physics new science that benefits humankind. And he showed that we are really tremendously creative if we give ourselves the power and the permission to do that, instead of just sleeping. He says, wake up, Nesha. Wake, he used to tell me that, <laughs> wake up. You're doing chemistry all the time, wake up. You think your energy energy systems in the body are important and they are, wake up to intention. And wake up to spirituality. A physicist is telling me that. That is a rishi. A rishi is a very a high term, a Sanskrit term for a sage. So when you have a mentor like that, you run towards them. And you and you don't worry about benefits and salaries and where will my monthly rent come from. Because It will come. Somehow you make it happen, but you got to go for it. And so everyone on this program, go for it. Whether it's the Psalms, the Gita, contemplative practice, Tai Chi, like Matt you're doing, go for it. And go for it with a pure heart. Go for it to awaken your own self. Because the biggest gift you can give on this planet Earth is an awakened human. Nothing less. Not that you left your spouse and gave grandkids. All of that is fine. But waken yourself up. Live on a path of light. Become a self-illumined human being. Not harming anyone, but going peacefully. But be a warrior too, warrior for the truth. Because we're, like I said, we're falling asleep. And science, I would say, has made us lazy but it's enough. Enough is enough. Stop looking to science for every bit of information. Wake up to yourselves. And the biggest, because you know we're about problem solving, there's two main pillars, spirituality and science. You need both. We've given science so much importance that we've forgotten self-growth. And time and time again, spiritual scripture has stood the test of time right? Gita is still here. Bible still here. Buddha's aphorism still with us. I'm banging on the table. Sorry. I can't help it. But I know what I'm saying. We have to wake up. All right. And this is the time because we're all indoors. We're in our own jails. And the jail isn't here. It's physical. So bust out of your head and read scripture. Really ask yourself, what is it? What is Jesus's parables really saying? What is Krishna really saying to Arjuna? Because Kurukshetra is right here, right now. We're in a big battlefield. Okay, either you lose or you're bringing out your arrows and saying, I'm here for the truth. And in the great scheme of things, indestructible. Life itself, nothing, everything else is illusion. It'll just decay and go into dust. And so I say my friends, when you start exploring, be aware of the new age circus and keep plowing through because you will start to waken up. It will happen if your intentions are there to, I wanna find out the truth of who this this is, not even who or what, because who puts us into being? I am a her, her, a label as Dr. P said very eloquently, you become the label, but we have to drop that. And I think a, another way is the pronoun. Not a who, but a what are you? What am I? Not a who, but what? What is that quality that is really the elan vital of what animates everything? And it's love. You are the epitome, you're in the image, love created all, and it goes back to that field. Either you go kicking and screaming and in fear, or you're going to go there all the way and say, that's it. And right now I'm coming to the point of that's it. And it's not about more books and monies and curing everybody, but I show up in my clinic on telemedicine. But ultimately it really comes back to that. Am I close to that field? That all, am I Krishna consciousness? Go back there and reread it again because it feels fresh, because you have changed. You grow and that same teaching now is going deeper. It's like a circle. You know, you go circular, deeper and deeper. Of Course in Miracles is like that. You go, you read it, you read it, and you go deeper each time, like a circle. You're not the same person that asked the question before. You're different now. So we are now have to waken up quickly uh, don't waste time. We've fallen asleep long ago. We were cold to now really wake up. And as you said, Matthew, we'll confront some of the darkness that man has created. It is a creation of the ego. God doesn't do things like that. There is no form of God sitting in a cloud with a white beard. Forget that. He's not punishing us, okay? But it is this great field. And out of the field comes individuated consciousness. And in that possibility, when the conditions are right, they will come, the Krishna will come, Christ will be there. We are it. We're in that image. So we have to wake up now. And um, what a time we're living in, really. What a time in history. It can be a big tragedy, or it can be a big mystery and a celebration. It's where we are in each consciousness we are choosing. Okay yeah anyway and thank you for allowing me this this uh chance to to speak that
0: i love it i love your fire and enthusiasm and (laughs) i want to give it over to dr p for his thoughts but i just want to say really quickly um from what you're sharing the idea that i think is you know we are the ones we've been waiting for if we you guys are both saying you know if you know who you are so if we know that we have the creator within us and we have that you know divine force and we are connected to that. Then it is now our opportunity to exercise all of those powers of creation in alignment with those spiritual laws. And the other stuff is going to be outside of us. You know what I mean? That's going to be our duty for all of us who hear that call to do that to the best of our ability. So I just want to say that. And you know, we've got we got all the power that uh you know we need to do that. So Dr. P, what do you what do you think? You want to comment on all that? Yeah,
1: uh,
0: Dr. Manik said good. For you. I'm just listening.
1: I mean, uh, like I I said before, I'm a teacher. I always give importance to knowledge because uh, anything else can come and go. But the reason why in ancient India they educated uh, students, the teacher educated the students, it's called Guru Parampara, lineage, Through oral tradition means, you know, they make them sit there and recite the Vedas and you know whatever it is because that stays in your mind and you pass on to somebody else, somebody else like that is coming for uh, thousands of years through that Guru Parampara. So, like I said before, I always acknowledge that means you know, educate one person, that person will educate somebody else. Like that's how you know, it's like touching one person, you know, how you play that game. So you touch me and I touch him and like that, you know, same way you educate one person That are, as long as uh, you know, you have these programs and billions of dollars uh, you know, help to other countries impoverished countries and all that stuff that's not going to take anywhere you make them more like Dr. monik said they become lazy and more on the other hand if you teach them the self knowledge and uh, respecting fellow human beings. I think that will take, it may take longer time, it may not give you quick results. This is like this. Uh, I saw a patient yesterday, a 500 pound patient, and she had a bariatric surgery. And now she still weighs like 270 pounds or something. When you do bariatric surgery, it means you are basically uh, reducing the size of stomach. Whatever method you use, you the stomach. And they lose very rapidly the weight, you know, 100, 200 pounds in a few months they lose. But they have to face the consequences. This lady went into coma for nine months. She was at Mayo Clinic and all that stuff, biopsies, and now then she became weakness in the legs and paralyzed and all that stuff. Point is, on the other hand, you can choose to moderate diet. I'm not saying crash courses are, uh, you know, you know those, several types of diet. Or go to gym and uh, kill yourself every day, 10 hours. That's not easy. Moderation, moderation in eating, moderation in exercise. Gradually, even if you lose 10 pounds, this is what I tell my patients, something is better than... If you say, I, I lost only two pounds, that's good. What do you mean good? Because yeah, you didn't gain two. That's good. So two plus two, four. That's how you have to look at the whole picture. That's what I ask as a doctor and as a teacher. My point is, this may take time. But as you know, historically, there were wars. You know, War one, two, and other wars in this country. Actually, you are worried about coronavirus, people actually died less compared to wars and terrorism and religious killings. and all. My point is, like Dr. Manik said, you know, read Gita or Bible, whatever it is, understand the content there, not just reading for the sake of reading. Even if you understand one verse in Bhagavad Gita, that's more than enough for your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So my my feel my thinking is always uh, if you have million dollars if you give it to your f- family or friends whatever it is you know I know so many Indian actors actresses they were uh, they gave left and right uh, charities and, and at the time of that they didn't have money to go to the hospital. I know a lot of them it's not an exaggeration either. My point is so money I think they are not going to solve the problem. Give them Jnana bhiksha means mm-hmm. give them the charity of knowledge. It is the highest among all the charity of knowledge. Even if you on your podcast, if you educate even two people to respect themselves, respect fellow human beings, actually, you did a great favor to the planet. So that is my take-home message.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anybody who is listening.
2: You're right. I, I really like that that. You know, we can gather all kinds of teachings, but don't make it, don't don't decorate your intellect with it. Make it activated, you know, not dead knowledge. Um, and literally ask, you know, I, I give Psalm 91 as um, a prescription sometimes. Psalm 91 is, one of my favorite psalms where it says, no plague can come near thy dwelling because you are in the image of God. God it's called God's shield, and, um, but you have to activate it. And when it does, it's very interesting that the consciousness of that person is different. How is it different? Um, for one thing, that limitation of this and a pathogen out there is gone. And the other thing is, there is a kind of um, uh, a radiance of being. Um, You might say the dropping of fear is, they're not identified with an arthritis or a medicine, or it is a different kind of quality of a consciousness. So the activation of that knowledge is essential not to decorate our intellect with it. And and I really like what you said. Yes, activated, jnana. Uh, it's called jnana yoga, not yeah, karma yoga. yoga. They were doing karma yoga, giving, all that, but jnana yoga, knowledge the, yoga.
1: Any yeah. yoga you can do with the dispassion means yes. don't act, you know what Bhagavad Gita Lord Krishna says, not that you do an action and don't expect result. Of course, any, when you do an action. There are four kinds of uh, results, for anything, anything in the world. Number one is you, you know, there is opposite of what you expected. Number two, neutral means nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Number three, uh, more than what you have expected. Yes. You understand? So every action has a result. That is one of the loss of motion of the neutral loss of motion. For every action, there is an equal and opposite. That is not that is there. But what Lord Krishna says is that you do it, but do it with dispatch means hmm, I should do it. Remember I told you before, what is in it for me? You don't do that. Yes, yes. You know, like you said before, I see patients, but if somebody brings, blue, oh, I have cast in insurance Yesterday one patient, like, old lady, 77 year old. Oh, I have Blue Cross and Medicare. I said to her, ma'am, I look at uh, that is at uh, the front desk. I look at you, uh, uh, I look at myself and look at you, as I'm providing service to you. You mm-hmm. came with a problem, nobody else diagnosed, I'm going to diagnose it for you with my EMG. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you say, hey, I'm paying you, this is not Macy's or uh, Walmart. The door is there, you can get out. That's yes. what I tell all my mm-hmm. patients, that's what I told mm-hmm. her. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean that. Way. That's another fashion here. If you say and conf- you know, make them aware what the stupid they talk. Oh, no, no, I don't mean that, way. I'm just kidding no you don't
2: <laughs> yes, yes
1: you understand the
2: yeah, so point do. is
1: that uh, you have to make people aware that you know you are on the off track you know come back to the track and then mm. the pain will run smoothly your body of pain mm. that is Ajay. Uh, right? like he mentioned i think uh, Ma, uh, Matt mentioned that in bhagavad gita remember if, if you know you know how they say in our scriptures if even if you watch murder oh well, i didn't do the murder but still you you have some of the result because you didn't do anything to stop it yes so because you know we are educated you mm-hmm. know uh, i don't want to say highly educated but we are educated and uh, we have we educated both ways spiritually and uh, scientifically
0: mm-hmm.
1: so we have a duty I can't uh, keep on giving my money on the street and say, here is what I made today, here it is. It's not going to It it, you know, it it increases more laziness. We have patients four generations on Medicare. So best thing is give them one advice or one thing to change their life. I think uh, that will actually giving charity of knowledge increases it, giving money decreases. it.
2: Yes i think this is where matt the coaching comes in where that patient actually has the answer oftentimes you say what what do you think the obstacle is you lost you know you gave up smoking and you're back to that what was the trigger what what is it the pleasure what what do you think this is and you give them the space in that visit to explore in a very um Fun way, actually. You just say, "Let's be curious about this." The word curiosity. Uh, let's be curious about this, and uh, let's explore it. Let's figure this out. How we could increase your success if you should embark on this? Never demanding, but simply saying, "Let's stop acquiring new knowledge and new shantiks and new tools." No, you have the answer. Let's just explore where this might go. And it's really fun because sometimes they hit upon it and they go, why did not I think of that? But they have thought about it. It's just this conversational, um, playful curiosity. Let's explore this and discover what we could do or what you could do in the course of your day. Tell me what your day is like. They've never had that question by the way, most of the time. Oh, this is my favorite one. What did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> and there's usually silence. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> Almost 100% of the time. Okay. So I think it's a, it's a question of curiosity, discovery of what motivates life. And many times it's robotic. It's patterns, um, convenience. My husband likes it. My children like it. Um, I'm stressed, so we come to many, many stories and circumstances and it's, it, it, as, as Dr. P says, we have heard it all, <laughs> you know, we've heard it all and you go, okay, what's causing that? Let's, let's back up here a bit. We have all the time in the world. I sometimes shut off the light when I used to do physical clinics. It is a very good strategy, switch off the light switch off the computer and say, I'll be right back. Give yourself 10 minutes to consider this question. I'll be right back. And it's interesting when you come back and say, so what what, what did you discover? And if they're being authentic, they will tell you things that that will surprise them. They discover subconscious now bubbles up. They give meaning to that thing. We they've suppressed and pushed it away. Can't be that important. But you go, just tell me everything that's, that comes to you. And when they tell you things and you reflect back to them, they occasionally will say, I didn't say that, did I? I Said, mm, You did. And there's the answer. Let's go here. Are you ready? Because, you know, you have to make sure they're comfortable to explore what their subconscious has offered up. And oftentimes it's the answer oftentimes it's um, the very thing that they have been looking for. And in the safety of this professional doctor, they feel safety and they feel okay. They were not ridiculed, but that we together explored this, that they had the permission totally to go there in the dark. Okay, I literally closed the light. It's a nice way, just something to... Uh, I have often told other dogs is just switch off the light, give them a box of Kleenex if, because sometimes emotion comes up and then go back and see what comes up. It's it's quite cool. Anyway, so Matt, we're we I know we've gone way over time, but yeah, this I, is it. You know, you have good conversations yeah. and well. <laughs>
0: It was as as beautiful and as magical as I uh, could have hoped because you guys didn't know each other and, you know, made you uh, familiar with each other's work and so many of these concepts are universal and they apply to everybody and and I like what Dr. P said about You know, we've you've touched on as well. It's it's spiritual and scientific education. And what's happened is we've put the scientific first, but the scientific can be influenced by money. And that's why a lot of people will call it scientism now because it's not open to rigorous debate. Because if you, you know, I even met a guy walking a dog when I was walking my daughter around. And he was a a biologist or chemist who wanted to study the pineal gland gland at a local university. And he said, I'm not going to get a grant for it. I can only get a grant for what they're going to want to study, where you follow the money. And so that's where we, we get into this issue of what is being taught and a whole other bag of worms, where that's kind of been my experience of what is the root problem? I see an issue. Where does the root go? Like when you guys diagnose health, you know, is it is this person have a heart condition or is it because they're 500 pounds and they only eat Kentucky fried chicken and Pepsi all day? Well, let's go to the root of that problem. It's not liposuction or other things is we got to find okay. the truth. And where does that come from? And what's the and then we go into the psychosomatic and maybe there's a trauma and all that kind of stuff. Then we're at the root mm-hmm. again. And you keep digging until you get to the truth and you allow whatever someone else is going to say, you you receive it. And if it is better and it is more true and it resonates, you can take that piece of information and go with it. So I feel like that's what we're awakening to of, oh, maybe this wasn't as correct as we thought. And we need to, as we're guiding the science, which uh, I liked how Dr. P put it as like the comforts very useful right And modern medicine is very useful right but to a point are all the pills and the adhd and some of them that are made for profit should we do in that or should we be doing some of the more natural stuff like making sure you're exercising eating your fruits and vegetables right in the ayurvedic stuff and all that amazing wisdom Mm -hmm. that's that's been kind of pushed aside because there's no money in that right you just grow this plant then share it with your friends and you're going to be totally fine so we need to be aware of that um so, and the other thing you guys were talking about is dedicating to a, to the spiritual practice, right? Like letting, um, so what I meant, what I forgot to end that with is when people are creating their life and they're putting mammon first, uh, not spirituality, same with science. We can't be putting science as the pinnacle. It is to help the spiritual growth, right? Always everything we're putting out and everything we're promoting and everything doing in a business level, education and systems level needs to be congruent with spiritual principles, you know, do no harm. Uh, being helpful and applicable and all these different things. And we're witnessing this and, and you could be very asleep and say, okay, they're taking away people's free will. And one of the things where, you know, there's a lot of debates about what's going on and a lot of opinions about science and all these different things. Well, my thought on the spiritual level is um, <clears> the, <throat> this quote by Rudolf Steiner that says anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is luciferian meaning you're not allowing another free will to make their own decision you know and you could look and say yo you're gonna hurt yourself if you keep doing this like yeah but i only want to have kfc and i'm gonna do this stupid thing and right and this is the same in extreme sports where i'd be mm-hmm. coaching and like i'm gonna go do this trick and it would be so dangerous and i'm like okay you know okay. (laughs) And And they would go do it. And sometimes they would fail and, you know, had to take some friends to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital, you know, but I got to explore myself and make those decisions. And so, um, and the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on, and, and I'll let you guys I'll go back to you guys for closing closing thoughts, but you know, it seems like this is a battle. You know, the Bhagavad Gita is a perfect book for this. And I've really gotten into the Bible after doing the law summit and how it's a war between good and evil and deceit and all these different things and and staying true to your spirituality, you know, or or what's right, what's what's good and what's honorable and what's ethical. We know what those that inner voice knows the difference between right and wrong, just like when you're a kid and you punch little Tommy in the face. And you steal his go-kart and then eventually you don't feel good on the inside. You're like, oh, you know, he's sad and crying like you should have empathy. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, punch little Tommy in the face and steal his go-kart. Maybe I could bring him one and now he feels good. And oh, now I have a good feeling. It feels better to cooperate. It feels good to help. It feels good to, you know, do the right thing. And we all have that inner voice that I feel like um, we've suppressed. So I think that this battle here, we are infinite, but it's this spiritual test. And it couldn't be a spiritual test if we if we knew for sure, right? If we knew we would, you know, when I'm doing coaching on like life purpose, I go, okay, design your perfect job, right? If you had a job that came down from the universe, I'm going to pay you, I'm, or I'm a billionaire, design your job and I'll pay you 300 grand a year, right? Write it all down, right? They write it all down. They know exactly what they want. Just like uh, Dr. Maddox said, they know they have the answers, they write it all down. It's like, okay, now go do it. Go ahead and go do it i don't know how much you're gonna get paid but go do you just wrote it down you knew the answer it was like oh but but No, no 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 buts you figure out how to pay the bills and be responsible here which you will do but also build this simultaneously and there will come a point maybe it's a year maybe it's two years maybe it's five years maybe it's 10 years but you'll be proud of yourself you'll be living in alignment with who you are in creation you'll know who you are and that's the most important thing um so i'd love to give it back to you guys and um we're talking about the pineal gland and i had like a funny thought when you're going through i was like it would be very interesting to be with you guys and i don't know if you've ever done this and it's a bit odd but you've heard about the dmt thing so if we were to do ayahuasca or dmt in a cathedral i think it would be the most crazy experience but it sounds like uh (laughs) dr nisha had uh, that experience Um, without it. And I've heard about it. I sure did. I've had it without it. And I'm curious about those things. And that's what the breathing technique is for. And I've done breathing techniques where that create that, but it is that feeling. And when you have that, you know, there's some sort of power, some sort of realm that connects everything in it. So, you know, but it's all
2: Matt is referring to, (laughs) I wrote about this. um, I mean, when I was at the Mayo Clinic, I went to see the Buddha's relics. There was an exhibition in in uh, Minneapolis in Guta Monastery. I didn't even see the relics. I was just entering the monastery. I'm in this space, and it's a basic home. They've converted into a monastery, and I. And so there's no grand cathedral. I just get in. Boom. I was not the same. It was such a powerful space, and that's the key that your intention can manifest a different space, the physical vacuum, if to use the physical term of Paul Dirac. So I go into that, but it was it was um, a really, uh, let, let me put it this way, I was not prepared for it. Number two, you know, uh, it came wham and you cannot function in such an elevated state. <laughs> I had no interest in food, in um, my work. I had clinic the next morning. I had to pray for that state to go away. Actually, I prayed, go, let it go. I, I couldn't function. So, and it was like home. It was incredible. So it was very interesting. I was not ready. Taylor says, you, were, you need to prepare. And that means where yoga comes in, you really purify the body, sattvic diet, so that when the energies come, you're able to, your nervous system can take it. Okay, you don't. Uh, Jesus sweat blood, right? And Buddha felt all of his bones were broken because you have such a tremendous rise of energies. Uh, the universe is ready. Actually, it's always going. That that vitality is pulsing. When you prepare the physical, there is a level it can take beyond which you know. Then you will leave the physical. That's why I said consciousness doesn't need this vehicle. Because when I saw Buddha, nobody was there. It was a little relic. <laughs> and, you know, my, my head was like busted open. Like, how can this be? How can this thing talk to me? It was, it is like Buddha was there, but there was nobody, It was a relic. And that's where I realized, you know, um, consciousness is something fantastic and loving kindness with those loving kindness, consciousness manifest this relic. So you're right. See, I went into another rabbit hole there for
0: you guys. <laughs> no, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a powerful, you know, that's a powerful thing. And, and, you know, like, that's why I send you the thing on Tartaria, which I, well, yes. I only recently got into, because when I was in Egypt, they had this place called Saqqara and you, and they said, the guy said, go, there's this wall with a square and then a square in it. And they said, go stick your head in the wall. They called this the hospital. You will feel something right? You don't need to meditate. You don't need to be spiritual. Stick your head in the wall. I stuck my head in the wall and I felt a visceral vibration. And it seems Mm -hmm. like there's ancient knowledge and ancient medicine all around sound, vibration, and frequency. And if you have this knowledge and you don't share it, you hold the power, right? Or you could share it with everybody and everyone holds up. Just like in martial arts, I could teach you what I know, but if you don't know what I know, I could probably beat the crap out of you. That's a physical thing. But what about spiritual financial education Mm -hmm. and you're only holding this right you're the only architect you become very special and i feel like that's a little bit of what we've seen and now this awakening is this response to something isn't Mm -hmm. adding up how do we start to align with what's good and right and once we find it we share it because but good kind-hearted People They want the best for their brother and sister. And we talked about something before. Um, it's called like- the brotherhood
2: of man, right? We care for each. It's a human family. So yeah. you don't own it. Like to, yeah, you to don't her. own this. This is, this is universal. Yeah. yeah. And, and your work it's too not is not yours because you're Hindu or I'm Gujarati or whatever. It's not yours. And Christianity, people often said, boy, you know more about Christianity than I, I mean, Clearly, I studied the Psalms and I read the Bible. And so I know these things from, I give Psalm 91 as a, as a prescription. So this is not, not a mystery at all. It's not uh, only because, I don't have to be Christian to do it, okay? I can, I can go to the cathedral and go to a temple, Sanatan Dharma temple, which I do with Diwali was here. So, so these are not separation to me at all. Um, and, and, and thank God, because I can study Buddha, I can study Christianity, I study Zoroaster, I study um, Gita, you know, and they're all, they have a meeting point, you know, uh, they really do. Um, so again, it's non-duality, Advaita. Um, but in any case, we're coming back to that whole question of awakening, this is our opportunity, things are not adding up. And, and the narratives are all trying to fit or, you know, I don't know, as a physician, I'm perplexed with some of the things that are coming down. I think that's all I can do is, okay, are my patients safe? Answer them truthfully as much as I can and help them stay healthy, you know, even as they're locked down. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like we could go for another two hours, and I've really enjoyed we this. I'll, I'll honor your time, but we, you know we're all connected now, so if we do another one, that would be you know phenomenal, and I'd, I'd be open to that. But why don't we um, just give some closing thoughts? Anything that you guys want to share? You feel like you should have covered, or you want to leave the listeners with? And also, where where to find um, you know your work and, and your book if you if you want to follow? You you had an interesting report before on those those. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, buddha's relic so that's that's fascinating i have that on my computer it's trying to bring up the the image so yeah
2: yeah well matt uh, it's been a pleasure again to be with dr Pasupuleti devakinanda me too. Me too. and i call you me by too. your first name i i really i i'm so glad we had a chance me to be here i on enjoyed, this forum. Listening. Matt, I enjoyed thank you. more
1: listening to you
2: <laughs> <laughs> matt thank you for arranging this yeah, because it's a you. rare gift to be able to freely just talk our minds, you know, and there's so much here. We have touched on themes that honestly will take lifetimes to study for all of us. We're growing together. So I just want to leave with this, that thank you for giving us this opportunity to share uh, from our hearts, from our love, to share with our fellow human beings, because we're in this together. And our task is to wake up. And I know we can, we can help each other. Okay, we're here for each other. Um, I will plug my book. I always do that, Bridging Great Science book. and Spirit. <laughs> but thank you again, Matt, Dr. P.
1: Thank you for both of you. I enjoyed, it. I enjoyed the discussion. I learned a lot from you.
2: Oh, Dr. P. <laughs> I, <laughs> you are the Rishi here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
1: I,
0: well, I appreciate you both. You guys both have great books. Um, You know, I'll link up the websites where people can, can find you and learn more. And, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's interesting because you're both you know, very highly educated, very intelligent people, but also very spiritual. And I feel like that's the important merger and something that I was fortunate to learn in martial arts. Martial arts isn't really scientific, but it is bridging the body awareness and understanding it with the spiritual side of what are you even doing? And and like, what's this practice? And that helped me navigate life. And I feel like science can be used as a tool for that, but it seems to be steered and, and they're starting to lose the spirituality, just like in martial arts or in battle or in combat. If you lose the spirituality, you just become violent and, and you're not acting in a spiritual way. You're not a good member of your community. People are going to be afraid right. of you. And these yeah. systems have been a little bit frightening because they've lost that spiritual connection of what their purpose is to, to begin to serve mammon and not God. And mm. that's all that's happened. And so it's bringing that spiritual spirituality back through choice. And I feel like we have to be in Maya in illusion to make a free will choice. Because if we mm-hmm. knew it was certain, we couldn't know if we actually made the choice, and and we all, you know, get to make that in ourselves in our own way. So I appreciate you guys and your teachings and everything that you do. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and I'll make sure all the links are up there. But uh, thanks a bunch, and uh, we'll have to do this again.
2: Thank you. Thank
0: you. So, wait, what time you are there? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop it. You cool? No, you no, anything else? No, no. Your time, where? No, you can stop it. Okay, I just okay. want to ask. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. See you Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you enjoyed this incredible episode with Dr. Pasu and Manik. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I love exploring these ideas of consciousness, of neurology, of the meaning of life, and all these really deep topics, especially since we're navigating very challenging times. Not everybody, but many people right now. So how can we respond to uh, this situation in this life and have a uh, spiritual connection to be fulfilled, to live a quote-unquote good life, To rid ourselves of all those limitations, those things in ourselves that, you know, we don't like, whether they call the shadow self, or at least have acceptance from our traumas and all these different things. So as we explore these ideas, we learn more about ourselves, we learn more about our nature, we learn more about humanity, and when we do so, we're going to be able to move more powerfully towards solutions, to creating a new, better world, to creating new and better systems, um, and to being a better a member of the, you know, mankind family. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed this. Censorship's nuts. So please go to mattbelair.com, become a member. You can do so by donation or just send me an email. I'm happy to send you a free link. There's $3 a month and $6 a month. It's just a way to support the show. Uh, if you're interested in some coaching and you're looking for tool support, accountability, training, everything to do with designing your life consciously, overcoming limitations, limiting beliefs, and, and everything you could think of along the way, um, hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or go to matt at zenathlete.com i would be happy and thrilled to work with you on that i've worked with thousands of people over the years and uh would love to work with you and support you and your goals because the more that we can get connected with ourselves and our true purpose that gift is always of benefit to humanity to our community and that's what we need more of so that's it um that's coming to a state of peace and coherence before we close this out wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy contentment enthusiasm love inspiration and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode